Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 4, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Well, they gave us something to discuss on the first day of the trading year. We had a gap in crap. We had a market reversal. We had an interesting day. We have a lot to discuss. They did stuff stuff's in play we had a specific time frame that we discussed several days ago about the fourth slash fifth of the month it happened to be the same period that the runoff election in georgia takes place but i mentioned in that video that wasn't the reason that date was important but it was interesting that in fact the runoff occurs in that time frame so we were expecting something to happen and when i say expecting you don't know whether the market's going to go up go down go sideways it's just an important time frame where what we're really looking for is a shift or a new energy to enter the market we certainly had that today we had the gap in crap and also from a daily chart perspective remember the number 36790 that was on the board for a while now well that number came into play they spiked it through they went down to about 365 finally had a snapback and closed the day above 36790 so there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of stuff in play so we knew that number was important all of a sudden that number is tested in a time frame where we spoke about this particular date or a couple of dates meaning today and tomorrow a few or several days ago so you have to kind of look at that scratch your head and say all right here's an important number here's an important time frame what did they just do did they just run down and test another former breakout area well we can make a case when you look at the daily chart that this entire area and i'm going to draw it out this entire area is really a long consolidation area and then at this gap remember the market gapped up and went sideways and it was going sideways building energy for another move higher but what did they do instead they faked a breakout they had a failed breakout today and then they had the collapse down they filled the gap we said in videos from a few days ago that that gap really wasn't my number 367.90 was the number they actually obviously went below that number but at the end of the day they closed back above 367.90 so i'm still in the camp that number's important that spot's important they came down and they did the deed they tested a former breakout area we talk about that all the time they just did it again now the question is is the first day of the year negative indicative of something more to come and it's not a cause and effect but i will tell you you know what we're expecting this year we're expecting not a clear sailing to new highs higher highs and then higher highs yet again all year long we're expecting the market to have somewhat of a similar year in terms of volatility and range that it did last year it's hard to believe now but yet it would have been hard to believe last january and i'm talking about a year ago that the market would have the type of february into march that it did have so it doesn't matter what it might look like today what matters is what the cycles are telling us what the charts are telling us what the numbers are telling us what do we have on the docket for tomorrow well tomorrow is turnaround tuesday 
So we're watching out for two things, two possibilities on Tuesday. Do we get follow through to the downside? That'll tell us one thing about the market. Or do we get a snapback and do we get further rally attempts near the old highs or at least right back to where we were last week? That'll tell us something else entirely. Remember a couple of things. A, it's hard to kill a bull. So yeah, we had a down day today. Maybe the market topped today. Maybe it didn't. We don't need to know that at present. Can a trader trade against the high today? Absolutely. If they want to take a position and say, until and unless the market closes above today's high, then I'm going to stay short the market. That's absolutely a trade. What else do we have? What about the 20 period moving average? Do you think it's an accident or a coincidence that the market basically closed, not necessarily on top of, but slightly below the 20 period moving average. Now, why do I bring that up? Because as we know, there are no accidents nor coincidences across the market. So when I see something like this, and I know what the market did intraday into the end of the day, they basically had a rally for the last hour or so into the end of the day. Could they have closed back above the 20 period moving average if they chose to do so and here are the numbers the 20 period moving average clicks in today at 369 and a quarter the closing price is 368.97 and the high right before the end of the day happened to be 369.55 so the short answer is of course they could have they could have closed the day back above the 20 period moving average now is this the work of the trick trap fool and frustrate crew who are they for the folks that are new here? They're the folks whose job it is to make as many traders and investors look like fools and idiots as much of the time as possible. They're the folks in charge of shenanigans slash rope-a-dope situations. They leave you guessing at the end of the day. They do that all the time by design. Should the market see follow-through in the southern direction on Tuesday, here's your bogey just from a bird's-eye view on the daily chart 362.03 is the low of that pivot. Hourly closes below there. Watch out below. You have a 50 period moving average there, but if there's momentum on the way down, traders need to be careful because the market can go all the way to 357 on a clear shot. Inside the numbers, members would have a beat on that scenario if need be. Speaking of inside the numbers, we're going to run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. But first, what we're going to do with the commentary is highlight some important things. Early in the morning, the first day back, the first day of January, the first day of a new year, nobody that I know was really expecting the type of day we had. It was catch me by surprise, but yet we're never surprised with the market. Why? Because you have to expect the unexpected. So once the day got underway and we see a failure on our hands, you start to pick out some numbers that are important and the day goes on and everything else remains of normal. And you can see right here in the early thoughts, many times following a holiday weekend, things get off to a slow, rather quiet start. That was my expectation, but it didn't turn out that way. 
And look at this, even early this morning, the thought starts to become, and it really wasn't necessarily for today, but just general thought process, hey, we're now approaching the next big fat round number, ES3800. They were 25 or 30 points away early this morning. So you start to consider it. You start to think about it. They went the other direction. So we'll go to some of the additional commentary here. This is when the market was still strong, the 838 post. So you can read that on your own. But what we want to do is go to the stuff where the market was underway and the failure was on our hands. Right out of the gate under normal garden variety conditions, you have to be focused on a semi-fat round number, 3750. Under normal market conditions, that would have been garden variety support. They stopped there for a cup of coffee, but they really didn't stay too long. Let's put that in perspective, what happened this morning for a moment. We discuss a lot of times the 80-20 rule, and it's really centered around, and this is really life in general, everything we do, the 80-20 rule is basically applied. The majority of the time, the same stuff happens over and over again. 20% of the time, or some number around there, something different happens or something abnormal. So here's where we're going to go with this. This is a ES 60-minute chart. This is the aftermarket and pre-market activity. So let me set the stage for a moment. This candle all the way over here, this green candle is a breakup candle. The low is 3751.75. That was at 3 a.m. in the morning. You could see what happened. The market breaks up. And it starts to continue up and then it begins to consolidate. Under normal garden variety conditions, if it consolidates further, they'll run a test of the breakup candle low, which is also in the vicinity of what? That's right, a breakout area. The market went sideways for a while, then it broke out. What does it like to do? Have a retest of the most recent or former breakout areas. It does it all the time. We talk about it every single day. That's what I had my eye on first thing in the morning. All of a sudden, something different is going on. We get in the middle of a meltdown, and guess what? They cut through another breakout area like a hot knife through butter. Here's another one here. So we can say, let's just say 3721 for argument's sake, and we'll also use 3752 as another one. Just for argument's sake, just arbitrary numbers where former breakout areas existed, give or take. Well, you've seen enough of these videos. You've seen me do this on stocks. You've seen me do this on the SPY. Here's the ES. We've done this before. We'll do it again. Under normal garden variety conditions, would we expect the market to cut through these areas like a hot knife through butter? Or would we expect the market to have a reactionary bounce or a reaction in the other direction? And it is the latter of the two normally you're going to have a reaction. Normally, both these areas are going to be support. Does the market scale down, cut through stuff like a hot knife through butter more often or less often? It's actually less often. Now, it may happen more often in the future, but the reality is it doesn't happen all the time. It happens some of the time. Just a little quick discussion on getting back on the horse if, in fact... A trader was left holding the bag, got a pie in the face. Whatever the case is, when you have those days and you find yourself on the losing side of a trade and it happens to be an abnormal day, you have to consider the fact 
that you didn't do anything wrong, but yet it was an abnormal day and you move on. You have to do the analysis of what happened if in fact you had a negative outcome of a trade. I'm not saying we did, we didn't, some people did, some people didn't. I'm using this example of an abnormal day to make a point. Now let's move the notes forward and see what else is going on. You can pause the video, go back to the charts, see what was going on. Here's another one, 372.40 to 372.50 should be support. Below 371.75 spells trouble for the bulls. Just to put this on a micro scale, here's 372.50. You can see the market came down there and tried to stop there. It tried for a few minutes, maybe 20 or so minutes. The next line is your get out of the way line where things could get ugly, 371.75, and you can see what happened. The low in this candle was 371.70, and then they had a little bounce back up, tried to rally a little bit, and made a high of 372.32. So in terms of market points, it's a five-point bounce, and they just turned around and went back in the other direction. Five ES points, or S&P handles, as they're known. And then there on this part chart, you can see depicted the 367.90. Once they hit that, just a little bit lower, they had a pretty nice rally away, and then they had to shake out everybody dip way down to 365 until yet again recapturing 367.90 before the end of the day. Moving right along. So now we're getting to the close of the first hour and we're already seeing what's going on. The first hour of the day is going to have one heck of a reversal candle. Doesn't mean one thing or the other immediately, but it gives us something to work with. Moving right along. Now this number will be familiar from last week, 370.83, those are the lows from last week, below that, and there's another leg to the downside. There's a gap waiting, and then there's our 367.90 waiting below the gap. This is tour guide information that traders who are active in the market during the trading day need to know. Moving right along. Now here come the numbers, 369, and there's your 367.90. So here you go, 1107. Remember the number on my chart, there's a missing R there, but chart from the video over the last couple of weeks. 367.90, if reached, this trader will be buying that price. Now let's shift gears a second and talk about how trades are done and what we do in trades or while in trades based on what the market activity is. So here's a situation where I was crystal clear. I'm gonna buy 367.90. Okay, fair enough. So there's 367.90 and there's a bounce away. So in terms of points, you can see here in SPY terms, they went to 369.43. So it's about 15 S&P handles. So if I'm trading the ES contract, that's 15 S&P handles from entry to the high before they came back down. What we teach traders to do, what any successful trader would teach somebody else to do, is to take profit along the way. That's how we treat this as a business. So therefore, I obviously took profit along the way, and many other traders did as well, but when they came back down and closed a candle below 367.90, that's it. The trade's over. Here's a hint. This, and albeit it's on a five-minute chart, but it's not the point. This is a reversal candle. The green candle is a reversal candle. When you reverse the reversal candle, meaning you take out the low of the reversal candle after the fact, 
that negates the reversal candle. That's bad news for the bulls in this case, good news for the bears. Just a little trade school 101. Back to the notes, let's scroll up a little bit, let you read what was going on. You'll see a lot of 367.90. That'll repeat over and over and over again because it was a really important number. That's why it was on the screen for several days. Let's continue moving along, get through the rest of the notes so that you can read them, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. Here's an interesting one. This is one of those other things that didn't happen exactly as I laid it out, but it was pretty darn close. Let me read through this. Then we'll go back to the chart to talk through it a little bit. Again, a little trade school 101 stuff. If they breach the low, this is after the low was made, 364.82, there will likely be a lot of stops down there from traders that are long. One thing that Trick and Company likes to do is spike the low. They get everybody out of the long side, right? And then they finally rip the market back up, leaving everybody standing at the altar who were in a position, but they got shaken out of the position by Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate Crew. We don't know that will happen, but it's something that happens in this situation a lot. Just saying. So that was 1241. Here's a five-minute chart. So that was 1241. Here's 1235. Here's 1240. I could see the writing on the wall. I thought they were going to do the thing where they actually breach the low and then rip the market back up. But instead, they made a slightly higher low, but they had the same thing in mind. They were going to rip the market back up. This is where it's part art form rather than the science end of it. Nothing on the chart from a technical perspective told us that that was going to happen. That comes from watching this stuff happen over and over and over again, having seen many days like this where they do exactly that. And when you see it over and over again, you kind of get used to it and you come to expect it. Now, when you expect something, it doesn't always happen like you expect it here. They didn't breach the low, but they made a higher low, but it was really the same net effect any way you look at it. And we're moving right along. 367.90, what happens if they stay above? 369 is back on the docket. Here's your five minute chart, 369, this line here. They achieved it into the end of the day. And then look where they closed, slightly below 369. Why do I bring that up? Why is that important again? That was the gap that I said they probably wouldn't stop at, which is why we picked out 367.90, but it is the gap, and they closed below the gap by pennies. The gap is 369 right here. They closed at 368.79 by choice. They closed below the gap. That's in the bear camp. That's in the bear camp. Could still have a turnaround Tuesday tomorrow, but it's still in the bear camp to close below the gap rather than above the gap. Moving right along, and this will take us into the end of the day. What I urge you to do is read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts, double check the stuff, see if you would learn anything from inside the numbers. The answer is you would. We've got to go back to stocks on the move. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to take a look at SBE, PEN, and THCB. We'll also look at QS, jump the first target, but there was activity at the second target. Here's the first one, switchback energy. We traded this one, I think about a week ago or so. And again, we had two price targets make an equal case. It could have been one or the other. They sliced through the first. So what we do in this case is 
we purchase half a position at the first, a second half or another half a position at the second number, and our average is in the middle, and you see the result. They went right back over and above the first number, giving us the base hit at minimum we're looking for. No rocket ride. They came back down, and they basically played ping pong in between the two numbers all day long. That tells us the numbers are important. However, it would have been nice to get a rocket ride. Either way, the numbers work. You have to keep in mind, on a day like today, when all of a sudden the market begins to melt down, everything gets thrown out with the bathwater while that's going on. Very hard for a stock to catch a bid while the major market, all the indices, the Dow, the Qs, the S&P 500 are all taking it in the shorts. Penn National Gaming, 82.99 was the number. They came into the number and they bantered back and forth for a while. They basically gave the 1%, maybe a penny or two short of the 1% when they bounced here up to a high of 83.78. That's our minimum base hit type of thing. But it's not the trade we were looking for. When the market started to get hit, everything got tossed out with the bathwater. Penn National Gaming, among almost everything else, came down with the rest of the market. Think 82.99 was important. Right here, the high was 82.98. And right here in the next candle, the high was 82.97. And then they fell away. So they couldn't recapture in the afternoon the important number. Just saying. Numbers are still important any way you want to look at it. Same deal with THCB. They gave around the 1%, maybe a penny short, and then they fell away again, getting thrown out with the bathwater. I'm not really counting this as a base hit. I'm just saying they gave about the 1%, but that's not what we're looking for. I'm just specifying what happened. There's no coincidence. It's not an accident that when stocks hit these numbers, they tend to bounce immediately about 1%. That's not an accident or coincidence. That's part of the thing. QS, here we go down to a one minute chart and I want to point something out. So the low in this candle at 9.32 was 57.30 against 57.35. The next minute, 9.33, the high was 59.37. For all those math majors out there, that's $2 in a minute. And then QS went the way of the dodo bird and fell away, getting thrown out with the bathwater along with everything else. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Same routine with the 20-period moving average. That jumped right out of the page or right off the screen at me. That was absolutely the first thing that jumped off the chart. Not because of the 20-period moving average in and of itself, but because we just had that discussion with the SPY and they both did the same thing, no accidents, no coincidences. I think that's a puzzle piece. I'm putting it on the table. What do we always say? The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. They were riding the 20 period moving average. And as long as they stayed above it, there was nothing wrong with the market. They were in an uptrend. However, didn't it top out here on the 28th? The SPY didn't top out on the 28th. It actually made a higher high after the 28th. Remember the weekly chart. There's a lot of space in between current price and the 20-week moving average. The 20-week, 20-day, the 20-period moving average is in fact home base. And the market doesn't really like to get too far extended away from home base. I'm not saying that the IWM is coming down to 170 anytime soon. But what I am saying is this is a weekly chart. These things take time. And even if the IWM goes sideways to lower for a while, 
It gives the 20 period moving average a chance to creep up to price at the same time price may be creeping down and it works off what could be quote unquote some of that extended or overbought type of condition. Now, you know how I hate that and why do I hate that? I hate that term because there's no measurement for overbought or oversold, but we know that things don't like to get too far out of whack extended away from home base, a market that gets parabolic, meaning it goes up in a 90 degree angle. Those things are unsustainable. They never last. It feels like it's going to last, but they never last. What about the folks down at the transportation department? This is the weekly chart. We stayed on it from the last one, the IWM. So we'll stay on the 20 week moving average. It's not that far away. Didn't we talk about 12,000 in the transports last week? Seemed far away at the time. Today, the low was about 12,150 and change. Second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one favorite canary in the coal mine. Here's the daily chart. Weren't we discussing this bearish pattern for several days underneath the 20 period moving average? And the short answer is, yeah, we were. Go back and check the videotape. What was support today? On the daily chart, it was the 50 period moving average. Cut and dry. This did everything that we discussed it was going to do until and unless they were to get back above the 20 period moving average and start to push toward the high of the breakdown candle. That didn't happen, so that was the alternative. The thing that should have happened is the thing that happened today. Didn't necessarily mean all in one bite, and it didn't necessarily mean today, but this is what we were looking at. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? 30350 is important. They didn't get there today. They bounced back and closed back above the 20 period moving average. I think it's a puzzle piece and it's on the table primarily because of the other two markets that did the opposite thing. Are the cues trying to tell us something? Is this a divergence? It's too early to really pin the needle on anything like that, but I think it's important stuff. I like the fact that they're hanging around the 20 period moving average and flirting with it. It's like the market's trying to tell us something about the 20. So I'm putting it as a puzzle piece. It's on the table. How about the XLF? What have we been saying is the target in the XLF? I've been saying every night, 30 bucks. They tried to break out today and they had the same failure everything else had. What was the high today? And it wasn't 30 bucks. It was 29.60. So they're edging closer. It's still in an uptrend. They didn't even get to the 20 period moving average today and bounced away. So therefore, this is still in an uptrend. The XLF still has an opportunity to get to 30 and it's hard to kill a bull just because we were down the first day of the year doesn't mean the next three days are going to be down. Remember, tomorrow is turnaround Tuesday. Let's not forget about Smash Mouth all over the place today. They were actually up significantly up when everything else was collapsing still and 225 was the high, nice big fat round number. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. 225 on the button and the reversal is not an accident or a coincidence. It's a big fat round number. But look at this. I'm going to show you something. This is what I'm looking at. This is what jumps off the page at me. Here's a breakdown candle. There's the high. So they tried to break out. They could have done it, could have made a new high, could have broke out to new highs, could have kept going. They didn't. They failed. They closed back inside of the same breakdown candle that they've been inside ever since it was created. They're still above the 20 period moving average, but doing what? 
making a bearish wedgish pattern until and unless they get above and close the day, first hourly above, and then daily above the breakdown candle high. What's that number? 220.63. How do you like them apples? Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.